everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, Episode 2. You calling me immature? Recorded November 19th, 2011. Episode 2. Twice the anarchy, twice the rambling, twice the non-conformity. <laughs> twice the liberal Lance who calls himself liberal, uh, <laughs> conservative. Um, and I'm speaking, of course, of Eric Fay. Welcome back, Eric. Hello. How's it going, guys? And he and I are the only returning cast members from last week. So uh, my name, of course, is Mark. We got Eric with us. And we have two new, new to this show anyway, guests with us. Uh, we have Aaron Butler. Hello. Aaron is the uh, one of the co-hosts of the One Meal, One Workout podcast, as well as one of the co-hosts of the Everyday Linux podcast. And welcome to the periodic table, Aaron. Thank you. Glad to be seated. <laughs> and the underachiever among us, Chris, is only on one podcast. Uh, Chris Neves, uh, also a co-host of the Everyday Linux podcast. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much. Here. <laughs> That's right. If the gooey kid were here, we'd be all set. Of course, last week we had almost the hot route, uh, everybody, and I was the interloper. So uh, We have almost one mil workout tonight. Right. We're just we're saying it's dawn. So it's a it's a mix and match affair. So close. All right, guys. So let's just get right to it. Uh, this week is Thanksgiving week. It's uh, four days away, uh, as the, um, when this is released. This will be released on Monday. Uh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. So if I did my math right, it's four days away. So welcome to uh, Thanksgiving week. And so yes, yes. the ever popular question, the most important question, really, because Thanksgiving, yeah, we can talk about giving thanks, but it's really all about the food. How do you like your bird? Uh, <laughs> except you, Aaron, you don't get to answer this one. I don't like my bird at all. I like my bird to have hooves and <laughs> oink when you poke it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one, but uh, I'll get the hooves. We could have some steaks and I'd be happy. Well, I'm, I'm allergic to poultry is what Mark's referring yeah. to. I, I can't eat turkey or chicken or pheasant or duck or anything with feathers. So that, eggs are okay, but no poultry for me. So what about you, Chris? How do you how do you like your bird? Um. Well, honestly, I've only had it one way, so I couldn't answer that anything other than out of the oven. Just plain old <laughs> oven roasted, huh? Yep. Yeah. We've we've had rumbling saying, "Oh, we're gonna try deep frying it or doing other things with it," but it always ends up becoming straight out of the oven. I highly recommend deep frying. How about you, Eric? Is that cruelty to animals? Do we abstain <laughs> from from turkey on your end? I, th I think we all discuss. I understand the difference between animal for food and animal for companionship. But uh, yes, it is. Uh, I don't know. I guess out of the oven. I mean, that's how she cooks it every year. So that's how I take it. <laughs> I, I've never I've never actually had deep fried. So I've heard it's pretty tasty, though. It is. It I is actually it. have had it back before I realized. You know, knew that that was what was making me so deathly ill every time I ate it. <laughs> every time uh, I eat a turkey, okay. I get sick. Uh, I am a, a, a bit of a, a, a novice uh, chef. I like to cook. And uh, uh, turkey and the Thanksgiving bird has, has sort of been my thing for, well, ever since before we got married. My wife has never cooked a turkey in our house. It's always been me. And my preference is uh, for frying because it, is very tasty. It, it makes the, the meat nice and juicy, and it's fast. You can cook a whole bird in 45 minutes. You can cook a 20-pound bird in, in, in 45 to 50 minutes. So, Oh, damn. You know, that's, wow. that's perfect. That's not the six hours. You know, I don't have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, on the oh. other end, my second favorite way to both 
prepare it and eat it is smoking it, which is totally the other way around. Other way around because that takes like twenty four hours. That's my favorite way to eat. But uh, <laughs> last week I both smoked and fried a turkey uh, for my wife's <laughs> catering gig. I did one of each, so I started one. She had to do serve it on Wednesday. I started one on Monday, and then the other one I did um tuesday night and they were prepped and, and ready to be reheated wednesday so it was a very different thing one took 45 minutes the other took uh 27 or so hours wow well, uh, do you have any tips for not burning down your house when you deep fry the uh, turkey because i hear that's a common problem yes i do here's what you do you, you take your bird you put it in your fryer then you measure out with a, a pitcher or whatever exactly how much water it takes to cover the bird don't guess all right so okay. you you like pour you know say it's it turns out to be three and a half gallons of water that covers the bird so now when you go to heat your oil you know to put exactly three and a half gallons in and then when you drop your bird in it'll be perfect okay and i've also heard don't put it in frozen correct <laughs> well that, <laughs> that temperature difference is what will cause it to sometimes just that's for fourth of july that's when you do that <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't ever want to cook a frozen bird anyway you know, even, uh, you know, the frozen chicken nuggets have been cooked at one point. You don't ever go, want to go f- straight from frozen to cooked. So, okay. yeah. And, um, and the best way to thaw a bird, if, you, if it's Monday and you're listening to this and you still haven't bought your frozen bird, it's not going to be ready in time. So put that thing in the tub or in the sink uh, full of cold water with just a trickle of water running over it, and it'll thaw in about six hours. It's a whole convection current thing. It works great. Yep. Yeah, my mom does the the fancy thing where she puts she stuffs an apple and an onion and a this and a that and some celery inside the bird, and then you know ties it up tight, sticks it in a brown bag, and then puts it in a pan, puts it in the oven, uh, drizzles water over the bag till the bag is moist, and then cooks it for an hour as hot as her oven will go yep. at like eight o'clock at night, and then turns the oven off and leaves it shut until the next morning. Well, that's interesting. So she's almost yeah. steaming the bird. Yeah, kind of, and so the, the the bag being moist keeps it keeps the the bird itself moist, and you don't heat your whole house up on Thanksgiving Day trying to cook a turkey for four hours in the oven. Right. So because the next day you open it, the oven's still slightly warm. You open it up, you just pull it out, slice it, heat it up, and you're good to go. Now, uh, I, I I used to think I didn't like turkey. It turns out it was because nobody in my family knew how to cook one. Sorry, mom <laughs> and Carol, if you're listening, I just, the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but that the classic way of cooking a bird, you put it in the oven and you leave it for six hours at 350, is not the way to do it. It's terrible. It ruins the bird. You want to cook it as hot as you can. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why frying is so good. I have actually an oilless turkey fryer, which isn't really a fryer. It's a, it's just basically a little micro oven. Um, it's a charbroil. It's, or, it's or, a rotisserie that doesn't turn. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but it gets up to like 800 degrees. And you drop Holy that buckets. thing in there, and it still takes uh, – it, it's a little longer than frying. Frying is like three minutes a pound, whereas baking is like 12 minutes a pound. It's somewhere in the middle at about six minutes a pound, so it takes a little longer than frying, but still a lot faster than baking. And it, it's great. The, the quicker you can cook it, the better. It, it's, it makes the doesn't give the juices time to boil out. And then give it a good half hour after you pull it out to carve it. That's another thing people do that's wrong gotta yep. let it rest they'll gotta pull let it, it straight rest. out of the oven and they'll cook it and then it looks so good because all the juice comes pouring out of the meat and yeah that's exactly where it is out of the meat that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same with steak too yeah yep. you gotta let exactly. it rest exactly steak another trick I, I didn't mean to turn this into a cooking show but uh, brining <laughs> if you don't brine your birds do it one time any white meat uh, bird yep. uh, uh, pork any, any big piece of pork I brine uh, you just mix up a cup of salt to a gallon of water and then whatever seasonings you like salt pepper sugar uh, uh, beer whatever you like throw that thing in there and let that bird sit for at least 10 hours up to 24 hours and um, it makes what happens 
just to get a little geeky because I know we have a lot of geeks in the audience. The cells open up at the at the cellular level. The the water permeates because you've created a uh, a, a dis. Um, equilibrium there's salt on the outside there's no salt in the inside the cells open up allow the salt to go in then it passes back and forth for all those 20 hours whatever it's in there then you pull it out now there's salt inside and no salt outside and they lock the cells lock down so you're literally tenderizing and flavoring the meat at the cellular level that means two weeks later the leftover turkey sandwich is still juicy and flavorful thank you homeostasis All right. Okay. I promise I won't talk any more about turkey. But uh, I want to throw one cooking tip in since we're throwing cooking tips. Uh, I don't know, Mark, <clears throat> since you're obviously the food the foodophile here um, as well. If there's a like a a, a market, a farmers market um, that sells you know foreign exotic type foods, go and if you can find the the Costa Rican section, see if you can find a thing called salsa lozano, and it. It's pretty much only used in Costa Rica, and it's a spicy vegetable sauce. They use it to make a, a thing called gallo pinto, which is black beans and rice kind of stir-fried together, which is incredible. It's their staple. You can buy it at McDonald's in, in Costa Rica. But uh, it also makes a fantastic marinade, I've discovered. Works fantastic huh. on pork chops. On any, You could just stick it on that, stick it on the grill. It's kind of similar to like a teriyaki as far as the texture um, and, the, and kind of the type of flavor it is, but it doesn't taste anything like teriyaki. It's, it's totally similar and different at the same time. <laughs> Okay, what salsa more? lasagna. There you go. That's my tip. Food tip for the day. Aaron, what's your favorite side? Since you can't eat the turkey itself, what's your favorite side? I assume you have a ham. Well, um, let me, yeah, we usually have ham. We usually have both, actually. Um, my favorite side, just to let me tell you this story. My mom came home one day, the day before Thanksgiving. I was sitting in the living room, and I was eating cranberry sauce right out of the can. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I found this can of cranberry sauce. That's my favorite thing in the world." So I was, I ate it, I was eating it right out of the can. That is absolutely my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. Oh. Is uh, Ugh, I hate cranberry sauce. sauce. Well, you can just pack yours up and ship it to me, and I will eat it happily. <laughs> well, no, I don't have a problem with that. I'm my son will eat it out of the can, and we have a friend of ours who makes homemade cranberry sauce. So my son's in heaven every Thanksgiving. I do not like it with with the chunks in it or the yeah. little pieces of whatever or with fluff on the top. I want the jelly right out right. of the can. Yeah, see, my wife likes to make the, like what Chris is talking about, the real stuff. You take cranberries yeah. and you simmer them in, in sugar and, and, and you uh, maybe even put some cinnamon in there. No, not me. I like the jelly that's still in the shape of the can. Exactly. <laughs> yep, the ripples on the side are perfect. <laughs> okay, any other food talk before we move along? The other big thing that happens uh, on Thanksgiving is football. You guys, uh, uh, Eric, I know you're a huge football fan, right? You're just rabid <laughs> about it uh, because you're on a podcast about football. Yes. Mark, lean, your, lean to the right about one foot, Mark. Oh, yes. Go Cowboys. There we go. <laughs> I have the story behind that. Let me, anybody who's watching, let me look. Let you look. I actually positioned it intentionally so you can't see it most of the time. But my daughters, <laughs> they know I like football and they know I like the Cowboys. And so every gift-giving opportunity – it's something to do with football, always, and something to do with the Cowboys. And so they had this uh, thing at school where there was this Cowboys poster, and my nine-year-old brought this home and said, Daddy, you have to put this in the pod pod so that people can see it when you're podcasting. So <laughs> there it is. I, I did what I was told. Well, that's good. Who's your, uh, Of course, being a Dallas fan, Dallas always plays on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Dallas and Detroit both sort of stepped up when nobody else wanted to do it, and, and now that it's multi-million dollar, other teams are trying to get in, but to the league's credit, they're still letting Dallas and Detroit do it. So, uh, uh, who do you, do you, you guys make a point to watch football on Thanksgiving? 
I always end up missing it. Uh, and I'm sure I will next week as I usually do. I always end up going to the movies or something like that. So, yeah. Well, see at my house, Eric doesn't know this. Chris, I may we made a mission in everyday Linux before my wife is a huge Cowboys fan. So we will schedule the meal around watching the Cowboys play if it's necessary. <laughs> um, so in fact, like our anniversary is this Sunday, and I made plans for us to have a babysitter and go out for dinner. And then I was, uh, then I said, "Oh wait, what time do the Cowboys play?" She said, "They play at noon. It's okay." Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I had the exact opposite I, problem. Ah, the guy was going to have to cancel the the, the uh, anniversary plans because of a football game. You have the perfect <laughs> wife here. And most, I know. Some, most people men. Say, some people say I have a dream marriage, and yeah. they're and they're right. <laughs> Yeah, she's not overhearing you say that, is she? <laughs> she knows it's true, though. So that, she, she, uh, we have direct TV right now because of uh, the NFL Sunday ticket. Yes. Because we live in Atlanta and you can't get all the Cowboy games here. Of course, I think it would be true of anyone in this group when we say that we married up. Um, but uh, Aaron definitely did. He married out of his class. Oh, way out <laughs> of my class. I'm, I, it's just, it's, it's silly almost. <laughs> <laughs> And he robbed the cradle to do it. She's what, uh, like six years younger than you are? No, I just look like she's six years younger. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, she's, uh, she is four years younger than four. me. She was a freshman in college when I was a fifth-year senior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you only it only took you five years. It took me the sixth year to make it happen. It took me six years. Yeah, okay. It did six. It took me 210 hours to get my bachelor's degree. Yeah. I earned that baby. I always like to say I worked really hard, buckled down, got my four-year degree in only six years. Exactly. Oh. Okay, anything else um, before we get off of Thanksgiving? Uh, that's don't it. eat too much. Or well, you might I'm, end I'm up like 30 family members here at my house. Wow. Somebody asked me, how do you get 30 people you know, in your house for Thanksgiving? And I said, with a crowbar. There you go. <laughs> we'll have about that many, too, at my, at my Thanksgiving. And I, I'm wondering if my little brother is going to end up uh, in a sugar coma again like he always does. It's always <laughs> funny. We always make fun of him. I think this year, though, I'm going to bring a permanent marker out and draw on him. <laughs> <laughs> is he a diabetic? No. No, okay. no that's, that's, that's what's funny about it. Is he'll, go, he'll eat a bunch of turkey, and then he'll stuff his face with a bunch of the sugary desserts, and then have a sugar crass in about 15 minutes after he finishes. <laughs> now, that's fine if you're six, but I'm guessing he's a bit older than that. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, what, 29, yeah. 28, somewhere <laughs> on there? Funny. Yeah, so I, I think I'm going to bring a, be bringing a couple permanent markers with me this year. Yeah, oh, and by the way, stop blaming tryptophan for your sleepiness. Yes, there is tryptophan in turkey, but it's a trace amount, and even pure micro, through the veins mainline tryptophan won't knock you out. It's, no. it's all the starches digesting in your yep. gut that causes that. Yep. So, Rest and digest. Yes, this is a, this is not a geek podcast, Mark. This is a biology, anatomy, <laughs> physiology. We got homeostasis, the cellular level, and <laughs> and tryptophan. Yeah, we we are probably the geekiest podcast network on the planet. All of our shows have that that stream of of geek that runs through it. You know, we we talk about uh, physics and chemistry, and and somehow manage to work that into Linux podcasts. Even I don't know. But yeah, it's, and it's yeah, that's craziness, isn't it? <laughs> okay, um, Aaron. Yes. Three pointless questions. Yeah, I, I thought I would just create my own bit because I had the power to do so. And I called it Aaron's Three Pointless Questions. And I have three questions I'd like to ask the panel of experts that we have here. <laughs> totally unrelated to any particular thing. This is not like three science questions or three personal. This is just three questions that Aaron came up off the top of his head with. And um, 
Are you going to ask it all of us? I want a quick answer. In other words, I don't want you to spend 30 minutes coming up with a, a treatise and four points and why you think this is true. <laughs> I want your gut reaction. You hear that, Eric? And I, yeah, <laughs> and I want your gut reaction and then no waffling. If, if, you, if you come up with your gut reaction is something totally stupid, stand by it and, uh, and justify it. So, hey, I have made a split. living out of saying stupid things and standing by it. All right. So I've, I've got my questions. I didn't put them in the show notes on purpose so that okay. it would be a a, uh, a, a a delightful surprise to all. So you're asking all of us or you're going to ask each of us one question? Um, let me see. I'm, I'm going to ask all of you. So the, whoever goes first, we'll take turns. One person will have to go first each time. Um, that way, each person will have to be on the hot seat and then they'll have a little bit more time to think about it. All right. Like I said, these are totally unrelated questions anyway. So. Here we go. Question number one. We'll start with Chris because he's the top one in my, my Google chat. Uh, Chris, right now, what's your favorite television show? That would have to be probably uh, The Big Bang. Big Bang. Eric. The League. Mark. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Mark's thinking and giving me that Chuck. quick answer, Chuck. Uh, uh, what, what, do you, what do you particularly like about um, The Big Bang? Uh, other than the fact that it's extremely geekily funny, Chris. Well, that's the first thing. And then it's the, the simple fact that my wife, who is not geeky, she can sit down and say, I understand these jokes. I like this. And so we actually have a good time watching it I together. I with this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's really bad. We went to a, a comic shop today, and that was like... <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was and awesome for me. Was it exactly was, like they betray it on the show? I called pretty the close. comic shop today. Yeah. So Eric, what about? Tell, I don't even know about. Tell me about the league. What is the league? What's the, the league is on uh, FX on Thursdays, I think. I just DVR it, but uh, it's 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 about fantasy football, and it's just four guys going around. It's really not about fantasy football. It's based around it, but they rarely ever talk about it. It's just four different kinds of people all in the same league together, and then butting heads all the time. It's really funny. It's more of a. It's more of an adult. Uh, program, I guess, since it's on FX, and apparently FX right. is where they do all the controversial stuff now. So <laughs> that's cool. I'll have to check it out sometime. What about you, Mark? Did you come up with the answer? Well, yeah, you know, I was the first answer that came to my mind was the History Channel, but that's not well, a there show. You go. Uh, oh, well, that's but, not a show. Take, uh, right, but yeah, yeah I, pretty much that's what I watch is the History Channel and 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 all sorts of stuff on there, and it's just because I'm a geek and and I like that sort of stuff. Cool. Good answers. Good answers. But I was the secondly, if I had to pick a show, I'd say Chuck. Uh, with the one exception of, I'd say last episode, the only thing it was missing was a large shark tank and and Fonzie. Um, <laughs> Fonzie and <laughs> skis. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last episode was pretty. Uh, was pretty lame. I'll have to admit that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number two. Starting with you this time, Eric, because you're okay. number two in my stack of people in my video feed. Do you think having our first African-American president has helped the United States? I don't think it should matter. I didn't ask you if you thought it should matter. I asked <laughs> you if it did. Would that count as waffling? Uh, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think it shows a good step forward in, in equality all around. So, Mark? I would say yes, but in a very, very tiny way. And it's because uh, the people like Jesse Jackson and Reverend, Reverend Sharpton have to shut up now because the most powerful man in the free world is a black man. So shut up. Right. <clears throat> and that's a good thing. When they shut thing. up, that's a good thing for the world. <laughs> I'll never forget. I saw Louis Farrakhan on something. I don't even remember what show he was on. And he was doing numerology. 
and it was so funny. He was talking about, I can't even remember what he was talking about, but it was like, and then we went down to Walmart, and Walmart has seven letters in it. And if you add the letters of the alphabet, that the seven letters, <laughs> he went on for about 20 minutes. It was great. Wow. Was um, I've, well, I, I guess we'll make it a flush, and I'll say the same thing. Um, I think it's great the fact that we have, you know, it's not just a, a what do they call it, a wasp type person. Uh, but we have someone out of the norm usually. So we'll see if it'd be nice to see if the trend continues. Maybe we can have another couple. I don't think we'll get another one right away, but it'd be nice to see, you know, maybe even see what, I'm not going to say that I'm behind the hunt of that, but um, I wonder what it'd be like to have a woman president too. Now clearly that's the next step, right? We had a minority. Now we have to have a woman and then nobody has any any right to complain. (laughs) I thought I was the only person that was not a minority. Yeah. I'm not female. I'm neither female nor of, of a colored persuasion. That's right. Well, you know, there, we have other have had other non non wasp because you know that's white Anglo Saxon Protestant. We've had right. Catholic in in yeah. the White House before, so. and that was a big deal at the time. It really was. It was. It really was. All right. Third question, Mark. You're on the hot seat. All right. This is a great one for you. These these have worked out perfectly. Uh, if you were in a movie montage, you know, like on the A team when they're building the truck, and <laughs> okay. they're or on uh on or uh, Rocky and they're, they're he's working out or whatever. What song would you be want playing in the background? Oh, I'm gonna fly now because that's the best song ever. I'm gonna fly now. Bye. That's the theme song from Rocky. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. I didn't know. I, I was it was theme song to Rocky to me all these years. Yeah. Even though I actually played it in high school, I should have known it. Chris, how about you? What's your movie montage song of choice? Oh man, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, uh, you know, just because it's me, I'd have to say something techno. Techno. Okay. Okay. How about you, Eric? I, I, uh, everybody's working for the weekend by some eighties oh, band. I was thinking about that one too. But I, <laughs> that, I went that, ahead and went went mainstream right down the middle, and I was going to say uh, "Eye of the Tiger." It has to be yeah. for me. It has to be "Eye of the Tiger." Yeah, you got to be doing something really awesome and carrying uh, carrying telephone poles above your head and such, well, and running through the snow. Clearly, you got to be walking away from an explosion. With that, yeah. at that's, some point, yeah, at tiger, some point right? during the montage, something must explode. And how come well, nobody other, ever looks back at an explosion? I, I don't care how tough you are. Because if something blows up behind you, you're gonna go what? You know, I know. At some no, point, you're, they, you're they so tough. That spoof movie where the, the, something blew up behind you. Like, that scared the crap out of me. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> In movies, they never jump at all. I just pooped my pants. I don't. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was great when they did it. Yeah, another one I was thinking about was uh, "You Can Still Rock in America" by Night Ranger. I thought that'd be a good oh, one yeah. too. You know, <laughs> it was like a, a band practicing montage. That'd be a great one. Anyway, that's it. That's Aaron's three pointless questions. I actually really enjoyed that. Well, let, let me add a fourth pointless question, and and I'll yeah. ask you guys just because that it, you made me think of it. Aaron, favorite song and favorite movie. Favorite movie is is a, is a give me Princess Bride. Yes. Uh, favorite song. It's hard if you take if you mix if you say all genres, any genre of any type of music. My favorite all time song. <sighs> I'd probably have to say Nessun Dorma. Okay, and what is that? That's from it's from an opera. It's it's awesome. It's have you seen the guy Paul Potts that won Britain's Got Talent? No. Uh, you haven't seen that? Go go Google Paul Potts. He's a phone salesman that won Britain's Got Talent. He sang Nessun Dorma. Played it in college. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful song, very powerful. But if you're talking about something that people actually know. <laughs> Oh man, that's so tough. You suck at following your own rules, by the way. I know. Yeah, no I'm kidding. Not to waffle. I, I, that's why I made them. I made ask y'all. I <laughs> <guilty> myself. <clears throat> all 
All right. Well, while you're thinking about it, Chris, favorite song, favorite movie? More than uh, uh I, I got I got it. Wait, wait. wait. Uh, peace of mind, Boston. Okay. I'm stepping back. That's it. Peace of mind, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Hands free. You know, I really couldn't say a movie because I I'm a kind of a movie. I, I hoard movies. I, I watch them all the time. So you, you, just, a movie, you started to say movie say. slot, didn't you? You you edited yourself. <laughs> almost, I could tell. almost. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah, I don't think I could pick a favorite movie because I've there's like at least ten that I would have to say at the top of my list. Um, I couldn't do a song either. There's just too many. Uh, if I were to show you my list of songs, it goes everything from Beethoven, Mozart, all the way through to even a couple a couple country songs in my my list of music so i couldn't even pick one eric you gonna waffle too yes i will waffle okay. uh my favorite song is going to be bad fish by sublime uh that's a good easily. one yeah it's a really good one. i've been a fan of theirs since i was a little kid um and favorite movie just recently became the top and knocked off reservoir dogs uh, is a movie called Red State. It came out this year. Mm. It's uh, by Kevin Smith. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It really is one of the best movies I've ever seen. All right, well, I'll answer my. Well, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was going to say. Now, Mark, the problem with your questions, since we're being that's right, what not here, is yours were favorite movie of all time, favorite song of all time. I purposely, when I asked the favorite television show, I said, right now, right. what's your favorite television show? Because when you start asking, you know, what's your favorite of all time. And that gets that's really right, hard. That's to right. Answer. Yeah, when you can't come up with an answer, you got to blame the question. I understand. Yes, I, I, exactly. I feel you. I know what it is. Yeah. It's it's. What's the, your favorite day? It's the hanging chads <laughs> that are that are the problem. I get it. I, I love that line from a uh, from a uh, Sandra Bullock. She's in. She's trying out to be Miss America. Miss Congeniality. Where they ask the the blonde, ditzy blonde, describe your perfect date, and she says, "May seventeenth. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. You can just wear a light sweater." <laughs> that's a great movie. <laughs> All right, so my favorite song, uh, Moan Jam by King's X. That's a good I, I'm one. I'm sorry, I picked the wrong. I said the wrong title. Uh, Over My Head by King's X. That's uh, even better one. Yeah, uh, Moan Jam's a good one, but Over My Head. Uh, favorite movie, I'm with you, Aaron, Princess Bride. In fact, I was just watching it before we came in here. Um, I watched it yesterday with Nathaniel yeah. for the first time. We have it on the, <clears throat> on my boxy, and I put it on, and the very first scene is uh, him playing you know, a Nintendo baseball, and as soon as that came up, all three of my kids, even the three-year-old, went, oh, Princess Bride, and they all came and ran in the room and watched it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great family movie. I bought Entertainment Weekly last week for the first time ever because it was the reunion issue. And they had the reun- one of the they had fifteen shows or twelve shows they did reunions of, and one of them was The Princess Bride. If you haven't seen it, folks, go rent it right now. It's on probably Netflix. Go go get it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. And it it I like four people went to see it at the theater when it first yeah. came out, but <laughs> it was great. Oh, that's the best movie ever. It really is. Over okay. the albino, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my kids, I was quoting literally every line of the movie, and finally my nine-year-old said, Dad, sorry, sorry, I can't help it. I'll try to do it silently from now on. <clears throat> okay, now to some more uh, serious stuff in the news. Eric, yes. is it okay for an ex-porn star to read at an elementary school? Uh, that's, a, that's a hard one. Yes. Um, the... Right. I mean, she's technically a Hollywood actor now, but she has done some gross things on uh, on film. <laughs> but it, it, that's up to the parent to prevent them from being able to find the, the hardcore stuff instead of the, the normal 
acting stuff she does now. Um, uh, fill, fill the audience in on what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Gray is a, I guess, an ex porn star now. I guess she's not. She's out of the game. Uh, yeah, but she moved on she to. Says. Yeah, she moved on to legitimate acting uh, on Entourage, and she was in a movie called uh, um, The Girlfriend or something like that. The Girlfriend Experiment. And uh, she read to a group of, I think, a group of elementary school children at a Compton high, uh, Compton school, and uh, now they're in a bunch of trouble. But I actually read the what they came out with, and they said, we didn't know it was going to be her. We just knew there was someone coming from Entourage. So yeah. it ended up just being a giant mix-up. But I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal because at the end of the day, while she's sitting in that classroom, she is just a lady reading a book. Um, I mean, this even goes back to the guy that got fired in Florida because he was a ex-porn star. Uh, he was a teacher in Florida, and then he ended up getting fired because one of the parents found out that he was an ex-porn star, which I don't think is fair because, I mean, he was still trying to pay his bills in a gross way, but he was still trying to pay his bills. So uh, that you just know. means at some point somebody saw his face, which is very rare um, yes. for men in <laughs> porn. Um, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a, you know, a very conservative Christian individual with with young kids. But frankly, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't yeah. see it. It's a big deal. Um, I mean, a uh, somebody's got to watch all that porn. I work at, watch at work when I'm not doing what I'm, my job. <laughs> uh, so no, but seriously, it, she's an ex porn star, and even if she was a current porn star. I don't think I'd have too big a problem with it because, like you said, she's just reading to kids. I mean, they didn't have her videos streaming in the background, did right. they? No, no. I mean, she, she didn't. She, she didn't pop her no top off and and portfolio <laughs> out or anything. <laughs> well, I will say too that uh, <clears throat> the thing that I think one person brought up. Uh, I actually heard a news a radio show talking about this early in the week. Is that apparently on Entourage she played herself? Yes. And so some of the parents had seen Entourage and knew that she was a porn star or had been. And that's how they found out who she was because they used the same media company to bring quote unquote actors and people stars in to do the reading to the kids. And so that group that was representing her just said, Hey, she's on, she's a television star. Here she comes. And they sent her in. And, uh, you know, I, if like I said, if you've got the word X in front of it, that's fine. I, I don't really have a problem with it as much as if she was actively, uh, in the business at that moment. And even then, it's hard to say. I mean, well, let's spend this. Five year old bit. son's not going to be watching that. You know, right. he won't know who she is. Yeah, I mean, that's up to the parents to prevent them from being able to find the dirty stuff. Well, yeah, and so. how do you how do you even answer? Uh, how do you bring up that objection? You know, I'm angry that this person came to read to you, Johnny, because she. Well, never mind. I'm just yeah. Angry. Now, now they know who she exactly. is. Before yeah, she was without just an the actress. entourage thing, that was the only that was the I think they actually probably did that backwards tracking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, we got to figure out a way we can mention this without showing that that's we right. know who she is. <laughs> oh yeah, she played herself on entourage. That's it. That's what we'll say. So let's spin this a little bit. What if it was an ex-con instead of an ex-porn star? Nonviolent. Uh, what, yeah, what if it was Michael Vick? Con? Yeah. <laughs> Would you let Michael yeah. Vick read to your kids, Eric? Yeah, but I wouldn't pet him, let him pet my dog. Okay, that's fine. So you let him run your kids, just not your animals. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, and that's the same way. If, it's, if it was nonviolent and or they had served their time, and yeah. I, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, at some point, you have to give people credit for the ex, right? Yeah. If somebody is an ex-embezzler, right, and went and did jail, went to jail for embezzlement, I'm probably not going to make them my, my uh, CPA, you know, but that doesn't mean I don't want to hire them. Um, so you just gotta, you know, at some point the acts has to mean something. And, and certainly in the eyes of the law, right? This is a person that has paid their debt to society. 
but you hear about it all the time, like um, you know, people who um, uh, boosted a car when they were nineteen and did two years in jail, and now when they're thirty-five, they lose their job as a teacher because of it. And I just think um, at some point you have to uh, recognize that people change over time. You know, yeah, especially you know the age, especially in in any of those things, you know, ex-con, ex-porn. You know, ex car booster. It, it, it's all if it's in their, you know, if it's in their recent past, then there would be an issue. But if it's in their extended past, you know, why, why even bring it up? Yeah, I never like cared whether or not Clinton inhaled, and I didn't care that Bush was a drunk. You know, right. th- those guys were nineteen, twenty years old. I'm not hiring a twenty year old to be my president. I'm hiring a fifty year old to be my president. I pray to God yep. they're not the same people. Yeah. Well, even then, I'd almost kind of wish that you know the inhaling was because that maybe he would have been a little more mellowed out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of presidents, yeah, he uh, apparently somebody shot at the president this week, and I didn't even know about it until I read the show notes today. Uh, yeah, well, they didn't shoot at him; they shot at they uh, shot at his home. Yeah, shot at the White House uh, on the second floor mm-hmm. residence. Uh, th- that says something. Uh, I-, I just want to sort of break this down. How many of you guys have been to the White House? No, no I have not. Okay. I've been to the White House. I've been to the White House uh, post uh, pre-9-11, uh, so I assume it's even worse post-9-11. But when I was at, uh, at the White House in 2001, the closest you could get in a vehicle was about a block away. The closest you could get on foot was um, about half a block away. And according to reports, this was a drive-by shooting, all right? So he was a block or so away, and he fired some discharged weapon. And people, I've heard people arguing that, you know, the Secret Service should have stopped him, whatever. Okay, what firearm is going to be effective at that range anyway? Well, it was an assault rifle. It would be pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Assault rifle can kill somebody like 12 yards. That's true. But, I mean, (laughs) does that mean that the Secret Service should be, you know, stopping cars Think they think might have a weapon, you know. I would, and I, I would hope they at least stop the ones with rifles out the windows. If they can stop those, <laughs> well, well now wait a minute. But they didn't know the rifle was there flag. until he shot. You know, red flag. That guy's rifle. <laughs> wait a minute now. I could drive by downtown here where I live, and there's probably 50 trucks with weapons in the back window. Well, yeah, you're so, a hick though. In the back window. Uh, wow. that's, and that's in Canada. In Canada, it's okay. They have the right uh, to bear arms uh-huh. in Canada. We have <laughs> In Texas, if you have a, a rifle, you're required to carry it on a gun rack. It has to be visible. Yeah, apparently, you yeah. no, it's that's the law. You can't hide it. You Put have it to behind hide your seat. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, most most uh, okay. most most places are like that. You know what's kind of funny about that is even in Montana, um, it, you could be uh, carrying a, a a pistol anywhere as long as you're not going into like the post office or you know places of government. You could be packing all the way through the grocery that's store. And, yeah, if you have a CHL, you can go anywhere where it's not uh, any anywhere but government buildings, pretty much. Well, no, unless, unless they put up something that says you can't. Uh, it, well, no, uh, I'm it, not talking. It depends if it's legally you can't or they prefer that you don't. Like it says, this is like when you go to the mall, it says that you uh, do not bring your guns in or whatever, you know, some sort of warning. But they can't legally do anything to you if you bring it in. But there's certain so places where they leave. legally can. Right. They can, you know, like I can ask you to leave for anything. I can ask you yeah, to leave if you don't like the tie you're wearing. Yeah. yeah um, but no, like up here in Montana, you don't need a concealed arms right. to carry one in a holster into See, the grocery store. I always thought when they really? tried to pass the concealed yep, handgun law. That's because of the bears. 
You got to be ready. There could be a bear at any time in Montana that you might have to shoot well, or defend yourself. Well, in in, in Montana, when it's not a bear you got to worry about. It's, it's a moose. the deer and the yeah. elk and the moose. Yeah, um, those mooses. They're elk violent. lodge people. Yeah. Elk oh, lodge members are those crazy. Are crazy. Um, we have a, a herd of deer that runs through our town, and if you're on the street, the same side of the street as they are, they'll ram you. They'll they'll actually attack. <laughs> yeah. When they when they deer you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought a few years ago when Texas passed the concealed handgun law, I, I was against that, actually. I think if you have a weapon, I want to know you have a weapon. I think you should have to carry it on a holster in plain sight. I don't want it to be tucked in your shorts. Um, if you're carrying a gun, and I, you know, I think everybody should carry a gun. I really, I'm one of those guys. Um, I think everybody uh, should. Come to uh, Montana. You know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, the uh, the idea that you can carry it concealed bothers me. I, I think if you got it, you should be forced to show it. I want it on a on a belt with bullets lining it and and the the thing lashed to your knee, right? Bandolero across your chest. <laughs> That's, well, I, I that, that looks too, too spaghetti western for the, me. I don't know if I could do that. It takes the uh, it takes the the question. Surprise out of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and in Texas, we have other ways of doing it. Like, if you have more than one car parked in your front yard, that means you have a gun. You know, so we have <laughs> we have different ways of signaling that. <laughs> I have no cars in my front yard, and I have my gun. <laughs> I my don't. mom has a three fifty seven Magnum and has her CHL license. Yeah. So and, you know, she's uh, 70 now almost. Uh, Sean, who you know the the other the other tightwad tech, uh, I know he carries at all times, and I, I was always aware that when I was with him, there was a weapon within fifty feet of him wherever we were, because uh, he's he's got a concealed handgun license and he he carries one, and you know he's an ex marine marksmanship instructor, he knows how to use it, and you know I know when I, I go to church, so. I know where to sit in church because I know about five <laughs> guys who are armed, and I want to be next to one of those because somebody comes in and tries to do a Westwood Baptist Church on us, he may get one shot off, but he's not going to get twenty. Right, no. he's going right. to get one, and he's going to drop. That happened to Tyler, you know, in Tyler, Texas, where I was living. They had a disgruntled ex-husband come to the courthouse and shoot his wife and lawyer and her lawyer and a couple of cops as they were coming out with a with a, some kind of assault type rifle. And the only thing that stopped him from killing a bunch more people was uh, a a cop that was there on security and a guy who had a, his pistol with him and pulled it out and they drew fire they they fired on him and made him take cover um, until more people could come and, and subdue him. Um, but, other, you know, if he, if he there hadn't been people there to return fire and stop him, he could have just shot at will for however long. Well, a while back at our local, local Walmart, police chased were chasing a guy for an armed conflict, and he uh, uh, drove off the highway and ran into the Walmart and was brandishing his gun. And uh, it was the guy in the store who happened to be, I don't know, buying underwear or whatever, was an off-duty cop who was armed, and he took him down. Um, but uh, I think, you know, that we were lucky that there was one guy there. I think it would be better if if everybody there was armed. Then the guy well, then, would know better. Then you start getting then, a lot of crossfire problems. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think <laughs> right. a, a I carry serious, on Tuesdays. I, Eric carries on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there should be a. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna be brandishing out, like just flaunting it out to the public, uh-huh. you better know how to use it and use it well. Because I don't want to get shot because some guy needed to rob the store. So I mean, there needs to be. I think there needs to be stricter. Uh, but, yeah, and that's the argument for concealing because if you show that you have a weapon, you become the first target. And yep. you know, and I recognize that's true. But if you know, if handguns were more prevalent, there would be too many targets. 
and and people would you know certain behaviors would not exist you know and and you know i know people are uh, are all gung-ho on gun control and making all guns illegal but the only thing you do then is make sure that only the lawbreakers have the guns yeah see the way i think it should be is if you want to have a weapon of any form you should have to go through training and recertify every year yeah, yeah. i think we should start I think that would jobs. be better yeah or, or at least log a certain number of hours at a like a registered shooting range and then well like say you have 10 15 hours a year you have to you're required to uh to practice and that way you know you're sharp and you're not gonna you know you're not gonna shoot the lady that's outside putting groceries in her car on accident yeah i think that would cover a lot of issues too i mean right there in a a hurry your gun control advocates would have their little thing for you know everyone would be you know would have some sort of control over their weapon anyway because that's what everyone stands behind when they go behind gun control is because they're afraid of you know little tommy here shooting off someone's head because they don't know how to sh- how to hold the gun and they just picked it up at their local gun shop yeah and, and let me just go on record as saying is that though i'm an advocate of firearms in in all manner um i don't own one uh, because i it i think it's irresponsible uh for my situation in my house with my kids to have a gun i'm not saying that nobody with kids should be able to own a gun but i know my kids and i don't think there should be a gun in my house so <laughs> yeah I that's how i am I have a good friend of mine. He uh, he he's been teaching his kids. He has a uh, seven and eight year old, and he's been teaching them how to shoot since I believe they were like five or six. And uh, and and he because he knows they're in the house, and he knows someday they're gonna touch them, you know. And but he's also a big hunter who lives out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, but I I think that if you're gonna have in the house, you need to teach the children what they are and what they can do to you because then they'll know to fear it. Yeah, that, that, yeah, the the line that or was drilled fear, into my head respect. from my from my yeah, grandfather. Yeah, respect's a better word. My grandfather, who was a, a Navy man, he taught me how to fire weapons, and he's never point a weapon at something you don't want to destroy. Yeah, you know, right. and that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If, if if don't ever assume that you won't destroy whatever you pointed at. Don't think it's unsafe. Yep. Don't think it's unloaded. Don't point it at anything you don't want to destroy. And I, you know, he drilled that into my head from, I started shooting at about five. I mean, I couldn't hold the weapon. I had to uh, brace it on a gun rack to be able to hold the, the handgun uh, because it was too heavy for me. So, you know, I understand that the people grow up with them and I have a healthy respect for them. Uh, I just, uh, and you know, I, when, <laughs> when I was a kid, I we had a I lived out in the country. We used to burn our trash. We didn't have um, a trash pickup, uh, so it was our responsibility. So I used to sit on the front porch and shoot flies off the trash uh, uh, heap about fifty feet away. So I was pretty darn good with the thing. Uh, but still, I don't carry one. I don't own one. Um, I just think that people should should if they want to. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I was raised by a very anti-gun family, so uh, I ended up thinking that. You know, anytime you grab a gun, you're just going to die instantly. But uh, that's that's the kind of fear they put into my head. And I didn't shoot my first gun until I was 24. So it was uh, I kind of changed my mind right then and there. I was like, yeah, everyone should own one of these. Were they anti-tattoo as well, Eric? Do what? <laughs> Were they anti-tattoo also? Uh, no, no. My, my parents are uh, one's a uh, surfer and the other one is a uh, hippie. Gigantic hippie. Okay. So and my dad's very. Uh, my dad's a very conspiracy theory driven person. So. so that's where you get it. Yes, yeah. that is exactly where I get it. I, oh, I, I get about it. ten emails a week. You've learned for, to uh, connect dots that don't exist from an early age. Uh, no, you can't always do, just because it. No, 
Some of the conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theories are true. Let's just point that out. Some of it's true. Just because they you're not paranoid fits. doesn't mean they're really not out to get yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, got my, my tinfoil hat. I'm going to put it right nine, back on. My birthday, I got, a, I got a 410 shotgun, which I still have. And I didn't do a lot of shooting growing up, but it was the same kind of thing. My dad basically told me, if you don't want to kill it, never point a gun at it. Right. Yeah. You know, and I didn't hunt for sport. We didn't shoot birds with BB guns, and we didn't shoot squirrels with BB guns growing up. We didn't shoot, you know, we we hunted deer some, we hunted ducks some, but everything we shot, we ate. And um, I had a BB gun, but it, we just shot targets with it and snakes with it in the pond, things like that. We didn't. I had had a BB gun by the time I was nine, which is still a pretty, pretty you know, dangerous weapon. Same muzzle velocity as a twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually did. I, you know, to this day, I still can't believe I did it. I did a 100% Christmas story, you'll shoot your eye out type thing. Oh, I, really? I drew a target on a paper plate and pinned it into onto a 2 by 12 and stood the 2 by 12 up against the fence and laid down way far away from it with the, with the, um, with the, it's like a 10, you know, like a, when you pump up 10 times. Right. It wasn't a Red Rider? No, it wasn't a Red Daisy. Rider. Daisy. Ah, okay. Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. It, was, it was an off brand. Oh. It's the oh. other brand, the one that makes the BBs. I can't think of what it is right now. But uh, anyway, so I, I shot it, and you know the muzzle velocity is just slow enough because mine was an old used one that I could see the, the BB fly out, and I watched it go and hit the 2 by 12 and the board was sitting at just enough angle that it bounced straight back and hit me <laughs> right in the center of the forehead. <laughs> awesome. It didn't break the skin, just left a whelp. And I was right. like, if that had been an inch and a half lower, that's right. You know, that'd have been. You would have shot your eye out. I'd have shot my eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I Did you blame it on an icicle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not in Texas. Oh, fudge. No. <laughs> no, okay, now that, by the way, second favorite movie of all time. That's a great. Yes, that movie is amazing. I'll watch it three times next month. Yeah, some we, of my coworkers have a little miniature version of the lamp. Yes, you know, about a, like yes. a fourteen-inch version of the lamp up over their cube. I, 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 I have that as a I can't Christmas watch that show. My tree. Yeah, I have the lamp. I can't watch uh, that show I, anymore. I have it tattooed on my leg. Oh, <laughs> that's how much I like that movie. And why oh, can't you awesome. watch it anymore, Chris? Well, when my cut, one of my cousins was growing up, he couldn't. He, one of his uh, Christmas presents was uh, he, in order to get his. I think it was an Xbox or something like that. He had to watch the Christmas movie nonstop the day it started, all day long until it stopped playing the next day. And so we ended up watching it probably 15 times in a row, and I just can't watch it anymore. No, at my house, on when TBS does that on Christmas Eve, it's on. That's what our TV is on, and it plays nope. for that full 24 hours. If the TV is on, that's what we're watching. <laughs> that's awesome. My whole family loves it. <laughs> Eat more Ovaltine. <laughs> Drink more. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> Crummy commercial? <laughs> I love that show. Okay, so back to the White House gunman. Um, oh, yeah, we went way uh, yeah. off topic there. Uh, Oscar Ortega Hernandez. Um, uh, has AKA a, the new Jesus, I yeah, believe is what right. he said. He has a... Jesus a, Nuevo. A, I'll put a link in the show notes to it, uh, but he's got uh, a 22-minute uh, video interview for the Oprah Winfrey show where he wanted uh, Oprah to bring him on as a guest so where he could read his manifesto. And in it, he says, I am the modern incarnation of Jesus. He says, it's not just a coincidence that I look like Jesus, which he doesn't at all, doesn't, by the way. At all. He, yeah. he doesn't even look like a man. Jewish. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> um, well, I, I wonder how many people know that Jesus was a Jew. 
uh, you know, and, and he didn't have that long flowing hair and the blue eyes. Uh, I've never met a, a Jew with long flowing hair and blue eyes or, yeah. or a Lebanese or anybody from that part of the world. But anyway, um, he says that he is the modern day Jesus. And I, uh, I, I put a link there. If you want to watch the whole 22 minutes of it, uh, you have no life. it's, it's creepy. It's um, very yeah. long and drawn out because he talks like this. Right. And he's the just reading it out of his book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. Like his book, like he'll he'll say three, four words and then he'll flip it to another page and then say three or four words. So he's just writing gigantic words <laughs> in crazy rambling fashion. Well, all they give him is a crazy constantly flipping in the, the pages. And and he talks about and he's like, and I I swear I'm totally sober right now. Like would Jesus say I'm yeah. totally sober right now? <laughs> Well, I, and it got I, me I've to read thinking. the Bible, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure he never says I'm. To- I'm pretty sure he never says totally. I'll tell you the <laughs> truth. I am not drunk right now. Yeah. Listen, listen yeah, barely. I say unto you, I, it got me to thinking. You know, uh, those of us who are uh, Bible believers who uh, believe that Jesus will return, that He has ascended, is is living, and will return. Um, and I put myself in that camp. I do believe that. I am one of those fundamentalist Christian freakos who's just waiting for the rapture. Uh, um, but. My reading of the Bible never says that Jesus is going to be born of a woman again. He did that once. He's never going to do it again. So anybody who has a mother and tells you they're Jesus, it doesn't add up. Uh, you know, that's all I got to say that. And this guy still lives with his mother. Uh, so, you know, there's <laughs> Not anymore. He now lives in a <laughs> yeah. detention center. He now lives yeah, with his mama. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the new uh, Gitmo. Yeah. He lives with a big daddy now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I've uh, posted also in there a uh, link. In fact, I want to go ahead and play that if I can make this work on my uh, setup here. I'm not really um, – I'm breaking ground here. The first multimedia experience on the air. Um, but this was a, a uh, San Diego occupier uh, who asked for a moment of silence for the shooter. And then he later backtracks and says, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I want to play his words for you and see what you think he meant. Dead air. I dead hear air. nothing. Total dead air. Right, I was right. waiting for the video. Here it comes. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for speaking. Um, we're going to head back home now. If anybody has any more donations to uh, put in the donation little bucket. That'd These are the great. occupiers, by the way, and saying they're about to go home. There's something wrong with that. I got it. Real fast. He walks up and takes the mic from her. I think we should have a moment in silence and solidarity. He is for, hammered. Um, the person um, that they said was from the Washington, D.C. Occupy, that maybe why did he feel he to shoot the White House window today? So I think we should hold a moment in solidarity for the White House and for the guy that shot at the White House today. Is he related to that yeah. Mr. Heard, America contestant from a few years back? Shot at the White House Everybody has maps. And <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and such... During his moment of silence, I, I don't, I'm not going to wait for it, but uh, about 30 seconds or so into the moment of silence, somebody yells out, "Occupy the police department!" Yeah, yes. see, yes. this is it. I've they ruined it. They ruined any possibility of a good protest. God, it's just horrible. <laughs> I'm so disappointed <laughs> in all of them. Um, and the reason they're leaving Occupy San Diego is because San Diego now has a uh, just like what Dallas did. Um, I think on Wednesday. Uh, where the court said, okay, you can occupy, but you have to go home. Right. Um, 
Well, so the, most between cities, five a.m. and midnight, in yeah. any time, any time after that, any time from you know twelve oh one to four four fifty nine, they cannot be there. Most uh, cities have some sort of an ordinance like that, and they yes. had simply not been enforcing it. But they when are. they when they said you know at time time this is enough, we're going to clear you out. And so I think Eric, last week you were complaining that it was a little low class that they did it at night, and that's because that's the only time they were breaking any laws. They weren't breaking any laws during the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it, it just turned into first off, that guy was saying I, I think he misspoke because he was obviously drunk or high or something. Because I mean, that's he, who he I was not representing. He was slurring movement. speech. I don't I don't think he did say let's have a moment of silence for the gunman. But I don't think he consciously meant, hey, let's. And if he did, he's an idiot. And. <laughs> and occupy. Tell us how you really feel about him. No, Eric, uh, you and I can completely occupy agree on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he just, I think he misspoke, uh, or he was just being uh, dumb, being controversial for controversial's sake. I mean, well, there's I, no one in their right mind that thinks someone should shoot the president, other than crazy people like Oscar Ortega Hernandez. Yeah, well, <laughs> his name is like five is like five things long. Like well, he has, you know, that's five not unusual names. for Hispanics. Um, well, also every gunman has three names, don't they? Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> that's true. You have no, to. only the successful ones. Okay. Oh, uh, Roy uh, Hinckley was it, or what's his name, who who tried to shoot the president? We don't know his middle yeah. name because he was unsuccessful. So that means Oscar Tigger Hernandez is going to get out one day and be successful. That's right. Well, if no, we read our portents correctly because he didn't read all of his names. We'd know all five of his, of his names. Oh, yeah, yeah. and his last name technically is one because it's hyphenated. So yeah. we really don't yep. know his middle name. Yeah, could be Oscar Bill Ortega Hernandez or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, but. But what I'm wondering is how did no one throw a red flag up on this guy? I mean, how why are we so slow to uh, to to All figure out someone's crazy? a psycho? Yeah. Well, because we don't want to infringe on anybody's rights, and we don't yeah. want to profile anyone, and we don't want to offend anybody and make them feel bad. We don't hurt their self esteem by calling them a freaking loony. So yeah. we have to wait until they do something. He got a gun. I mean, that's. <laughs> That that's no small feat. It took me ten days to get mine, and uh, <laughs> and I do everything legally. Um, well, that's the thing. Well, there's so your problem. You doing it oh yeah, I, I guess <laughs> going down the street well, buying one. Well, that's the thing people talk about. Even the homeless issue is, you know, fifty years ago they say that they talk about the high number of homeless people that are schizophrenic and have other mental issues. They didn't get. They didn't let them just run around. They would institutionalize them. That's what they would do fifty years ago, sixty yep. years ago. And so, you know, there is some trade-off for allowing people to have more rights. I'm all for rights. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a let people have the rights kind of guy. It's just, I, I was joking with the people at the airport in uh, Madison because they, they pulled me out and randomly swabbed my hands for residue. Don't know what. Yeah, they did that to me also. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about. Oh, let's go there. Let's go there. I want to go there because I, when I went to uh, California for my vacation this summer. I was randomly drawn, you know, mind you, I have, you know, I'm a family of four. My wife and my two kids were with me. And uh, I was randomly selected to go through the, oh, what the, the x ray scanner thing, the body scanner. Stand in front of this and make me naked scanner. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, well, wait a minute. My wife and my two kids just walked through and I'm the one selected. You can, you can legally refuse it. I did. I have it. I did. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I wholeheartedly did. But evidently, I must have been the only one who's doing it because I waited 20 minutes for some, the guy to come over and do the the in, invasive search. Right. Yeah, yeah I'd rather be patted down. 
I, yeah. I've been patted down. That's no big deal. It's, yeah. it's when you when you walk into the the microwave for uh, fifteen seconds, and all of a sudden this guy gets and they and they they always say like I, I kind of got almost in trouble for saying this, but they said, well, don't worry, they can't see your privates. And I'm like, what if someone's hiding something illicit in their privates? And like, what's what's yeah, even the yeah. point of this thing? And of course, yeah. the only thing they're going to say is, well, are you, sir? And so now, yeah, that's exactly. You, you know, well, what, what do you have to job? hide, sir? I was like, you can check all you want, man. And I I stood there and willingly. Uh, took off my shoes and was patted down by a large man. Well, I'll tell you, I I went through um, Atlanta airport. There is one lane you can go through that has the regular um, metal detector and the line gets way backed up on that. And then there's like five lanes. This is the busiest airport in the world. In case y'all didn't know that, that have the the scanners. Um, And I went, I didn't even know the other lines were available. I ended up in the x-ray line or the metal detector line the first time I went through. And then I looked and said, look, man, I could have been in those lines. There's not even anybody in there. So the next two times I went through the stand up and, you know, transporter scanner thing. Nope. And, uh, yeah, I won't but, do it. But the funny thing was, is that both times it flagged on me and the way that there's a person behind the screen that can actually see the scan of you, you know, the, the one that supposedly that bears all your secrets, but right there in front where the guy that's at, right outside the little booth is is a screen that has like a cartoon outline drawing of the way a person stands a front and back version of them standing like this and both times it flagged on my right hip actually my left hip um right in my waistline that little blue box showed up and with the yellow inside of it and the guy said so i need to check your waistband so both times they had to check my waistband on my left side so apparently either i have like a really heavy calcium deposit in that kidney or something right there, <laughs> super high bone density, but same spot twice. It flagged on my my left uh left hip. So, huh, huh. Very but weird. yeah, I won't I won't do it strictly for a uh, uh, a privacy standpoint. That's yep. that's reason. And actually, Europe just banned them. Uh, all, no airports in uh, in Europe are allowed to have the body scanners because of that. When they did an independent study on the amount of radiation coming out of them. And they are actually three times higher than the company originally quoted them to be. So they uh, they banned them for the radiation coming off of them. Did your dad I, send you that link, Eric? No, it's true. <laughs> it, it, no, Europe did it. I, I read it on BBC America. So it's that's a legitimate news source in my mind. I uh, um, read an article from one of the guys who were really high up in the Israeli uh, uh, security system and he says you americans do it wrong because you look for guns we look for terrorists and that's the difference <laughs> and yep. we, we're fine with profiling if you are 20 uh, to 30 years old of middle eastern descent and are wearing a trench coat yeah you're going to be body cavity searched if you're 83 year old white woman flying back to florida from her vacation in sicily um, no we're not going to tr- uh, mess with you but you know in the interest of infringing on everybody's rights equally you know we'll have chris pulled out of the line um you know chris looks about as much like a terrorist as i look like a, a bodybuilder um you know it's just uh, it but instead i see some, I see some una bomber in chris i can see that Put a hood on time. <laughs> you know the sad thing is is he's not that far from where i live yeah well in montana right that's where yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, go. yeah i've i've been searched quite a few times at the airport, but possibly because of my looks, I do look like an angry person sometimes. Um, but no, I don't think, yeah, I guess profiling is sometimes okay. I don't think it has to be the middle Eastern guy. Um, I, I think the disgruntled looking person who looks like he has, has it out for society should always be searched. Like that's why I always get searched. I guess. I'll be absolutely honest with you. Um, if I decided I wanted to wreak mass carnage, I could do it a lot better 
a lot easier without having to get on a plane to do it. Yeah. I mean, pick a pick any mall at Christmas time. Oh yeah, you know, it's thousands of people in there. I mean, you don't have to. And there's no metal detectors at the at the door of the Galleria. You know, well, I mean, I mean yet, <laughs> yet, yet, keyword there. <laughs> yeah, no, no they're on. The, I mean, same thing. High school football games. I mean, there's just there's places that. Well, so, some high school football games you do have to walk through a metal detector. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, do. no, in my high school you had to. Now I I carry with me at all times a Leatherman multi tool. Um, it's a you know a pair of pliers, knife, and all that sort of stuff. And I went to the State Fair of Texas a couple of years ago and uh, was told uh, by the guard, you know, don't you can't take that in. You got to take it back. They they search me. And, okay, technically it is a weapon. It has a knife blade on it about three inches long. Um, so. I took it, we stepped out of the line, I took it and stuck it in the diaper bag and put the diaper bag in the stroller and walked in with it. I still took my Leatherman. Uh, and as soon as we got past the gate, I took it out of the diaper bag put it back on the holster. And I walked I around mean, the whole day kill? with my holster on my on my. How many did you pinch with your pliers? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you I murdered, somebody's finger off. Yeah, I, I murdered five people that day and didn't get caught, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, yeah, the, just the idea, and, and here in the U.S., we nationalized that job, right? We made them federal employees because some Somehow that makes them more efficient because the government is known for being efficient and effective at their job. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. the TSA is, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think the TSA needs to be privatized. Uh, it's a giant waste of money and they're for completely incompetent people. Uh, but what for the private most part, I'm not saying all it. of them are horrible, but for the most part, they're pretty, uh, they, they can be pretty incompetent, especially when they're, I mean, I think it was about three or four months ago when they, uh, there was a 96 year old woman in a wheelchair and they actually forced her to take off her diaper and uh, forced her out of her wheelchair and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they're getting out of control. Carmichael <laughs> Enterprises smart could do it. <laughs> yeah. and, they, and they have this big, uh, uh, at some airports, have this big display of things that they've taken off of people. You know, if they take your knife off, they, they put it in this thing. So they have things like nail clippers in there. And, and you know, a I saw a tennis racket child. last time I, when, when I flew into Mexico. Uh, yeah, they had a tennis racket in that in that thing i was like what so, so <laughs> what is that gonna do if you're an international tennis player who likes to keep your nails uh, in good shape you're just in trouble you can't yeah, fly. that's right this, this is a total side note um i knew this lady we actually rented some land from her to do some farming on and her husband had been a texas ranger back in back in the day years and years ago and he ended up uh, working in the correctional facilities after he had retired from being a ranger and she had like a little museum in her house uh, he was on the last cattle drive where they drove cattle like from Texas up through Oklahoma whenever before everything was fenced in and it was crazy kind of stuff. But uh anyway, um she had this display of stuff he had taken off of prisoners um back before all that kind of stuff was cataloged and confiscated. And it was scary. I mean, you know, fourteen inch long shanks they had made out of bed yep. rails and uh it was crazy kind of stuff. <clears throat> it was really interesting though. They're very creative. <laughs> oh yeah. Um I do some work for our local police department and the collection of facilities attached to the police department here. And we walk through and see, you know, that there's, oh, probably a two foot hallway or a two foot display case in the, in the hallway that just has all sorts of weird things. And this is a minor jail out here. It's not even, I mean, there's a state side, but it's a small penitentiary. I mean, jail, I mean, even, it doesn't matter penitentiaries or just regular old county jails anymore. It's become a society in its own. It's kind of become like just a society inside a society. People want to be in prison, and there's a lot of people that want to be in prison, and they'll go back as often as they need to. Yep. Well, historically speaking, that's a relatively new paradigm that jail is the punishment. Jail used to be where you went 
to wait for punishment. Yes. But uh, now, you know, it was, uh, I guess, England in the late 1800s, uh, early 1800s, maybe, where they started the idea of of prison as punishment. And and it's really resulted in some bizarre results. I I think I like the idea better of jail as a holding place where you go to be punished. Um, yeah. And then, you know, with, let's cut your arm off and, you know, and make that punishment. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a lot more an effective. Eye for an eye? With the Leatherman. Yeah. Yeah. With Leatherman. Yeah. I will nip your arm off one pound of flesh at a time. <laughs> Do you read about that guy who actually did that? Cut his own arm off? He got it caught in a winch of some sort and, and cut it off with like a little tool like that? Well, have you yeah. seen the movie 127 Hours? That's what Eric oh, was talking about, right? Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was crazy. I, I haven't seen. It, I, I can't believe they made a movie out of it, though. That just it was, it was surprises me. Yeah, I liked it. It was surprisingly good. Yeah. When, uh, when he the, when he stabbed himself in the arm the first time, I cringed and yeah, and I was well, mad. It was it so was numb bad. he couldn't feel it. He like poked himself and he's like, huh? He's <laughs> like just sticking there in his arm. The worst part though wasn't the cutting as much as the breaking. You know, he realized he had to break his arm to get it because he couldn't saw through the bone. Yeah. <clears throat> Ugh. Wow, what what we went from uh, proper cooking ticks for a turkey to uh, uh, so your own right. this, <laughs> exactly this is crazy. Uh, uh, Eric, did Obama scold the public recently? Uh, no, that's no, I don't think they did at all. What happened was he was talking to the CEO of Boeing, and uh, and he said the problem, the the biggest problem with our economy is America has gotten too lazy in selling itself uh, to other countries for for multinational business, uh, which I completely agree with. But the problem is we are now a society of sissies and we don't want to hear the truth brutally. We, we just want to hear it. We, we want it to be as softened up as possible before it comes to us and filtered through all the different news organizations. But uh, in my opinion, that's brutal honesty. And it's what needs to, it's what he need needed to do three years ago or two years ago and start being a brutally honest president. And uh, I think he's finally, I think he's finally just tired of being mocked so much. He's just going to say it anyway. Um, I I think he said the right thing. And of course the, uh, the right, the far right is going to blow it out of proportion. Just like if, if the tables were turned, the far left would have blown out of proportion. Um, He said the right thing. We do need to start. We need a, we need a reason for people to buy from us. Uh, There's no reason right now. So we need. I, I think the whole uh, paradigm. Uh, that's twice I've used that word. Let me see if I can do the hat trick a little later on. Uh, but the, the whole idea of a president being non-offensive is stupid. Yes. Uh, but we elect people based on their lack of offense to other people. Who who can yeah, their, their general their general uh, appeal? Right. Who who can <laughs> promise the most to the most people? Who can be le- uh, offensive to the fewest number of people? And I think the greatest presidents and uh, the greatest leaders for, forget presidents. Let's go global. The greatest leaders in all of history were jerks. Right. Yeah, but you they, have to be. Yeah, but they were jerks who stood up for what they believed in, and they made stuff happen. And if you can be that, if you could be Steve Jobs, if you could be an inspirational jerk, that's the perfect yeah. mix, right there. You got to yeah, be a he, jerk, he was, but you got to be inspirational. Yeah, people have complained about how he ran his company, but he also runs at one point was the biggest country uh, company in this country, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean he did it the right way. It's like I'm sorry, but sometimes criticism is not going to make you feel good on the inside, and you have to know it exactly because I mean honestly. Deconstructive criticism can motivate me personally a lot better than it will constructive criticism. 
like you're doing good, but but like, hey, you suck at that. So either get better or stop doing it. So generally, uh, what we settle for is somebody who uh, blasts the other side, right? The Republican who best blasts the Democrats, or the Democrat who be- best blasts the Republican. But everybody, you know, everybody you talk to in every poll says that they're neither Republican nor Democrat. They they're all independent. According to the polls, ninety nine percent of all people are, are call themselves uh, uh, independents, which is ridiculous but that's that we all like to think we're independent right i vote the issues instead of the person um, right right find me 10 issues go ahead i'll give you a piece of paper write down 10 issues and most people can't do that while the whole time telling you that they're voting the issues now well, but yeah my biggest problem is i i yeah i don't think that's true at all i don't think 99 percent of people are fully independent because i mean it's it, it's hard to say because people are so so unwilling to meet in the middle I think in this country, which is one of our biggest problems. And, uh, and so I don't, yeah, I think everyone leans one way or another. I'm, as I said last week, I consider myself a libertarian, uh, which makes me a psychopath who, uh, <laughs> who, who, who tends to lean towards, uh, being a liberal what over it makes a conservative. You, what it makes you is unelectable. That's what being a liberal. Yeah. Apparently, you. even though you have all the right answers and you actually answered the question, not bash the other guy during the debate, right. Ron Paul. Um, yeah. so just for the record, <laughs> that whole 99% number, I totally made that up, but I can do that. Oh, okay. I'm not running for anything so I can make up whatever I want. Um, <laughs> it's the internet. It's the internet generation. You can just right. say anything. And once I put it on Wikipedia, that makes it become true. And so, well, yep. uh, speaking of that, you know, Wikipedia definition of libertarianism is exactly what I believe too. So count me crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's <laughs> a. I, I would if if the libertarian party were a better party, I would be a libartarian. Their platform yeah. is good. Their party sucks. Um. I want to go yeah, back. I, to, I don't to, think we should. Have, I mean, I personally don't believe in the party system. Uh, it, it it puts a it puts a team mentality out there, and you're always going to root for your own team. So that yeah. kind of uh, to me that that takes away from it. I know there needs to be competition, but I don't think it needs to be as cutthroat and in digging up people's skeletons as opposed to actually telling us what you're going to do. Because I'd be all right if Herman Cain harassed like sexually harassed a couple people, but he actually had the right idea on how to on how to make this country better because that's all we need to focus yeah, on but right would now. would you be I, okay if Robert Bork sexually harassed a couple of people? Because that was a big deal, right? Um, they made a whole big deal out of the fact that he uh, had a pubic hair on a Coke or something, right? But, uh, you know, uh, for some reason that's not okay because he's a conservative. But, you know, uh, if Cain says God told him to, to run for president, we laugh at that. But, you know, anybody with any religious beliefs believes God told them to do everything. And something like, and I'm not making this number up, 87% of all people in the world profess some sort of religious belief. Therefore, it's the guy who doesn't say God told him to run who's a liar or who you need to run out to be a, a, a weary of. Well, I wouldn't say he's a liar. I, I would say he just personally he doesn't have. He represents a very, very small minority. Yeah. percent if I do the math right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got our own yeah. little so, calculator. I, mean, I want to jump back to one thing. This is you were talking about um, a, a, a leader sometimes being caustic or positive things. I don't know if any of you guys watch The Office or not. That's yes. Another one of my favorite television. The shows. American or the British version because they're both pretty good. I, I like both. I've watched the American version a lot more. And you know, Michael <clears throat> Steve Carell left this year, uh, this season, and they and. Everybody thought the show was going to totally tank. I have no idea what the ratings are, if it is tanking or not. But they brought in uh, uh, his name's Robert California. And he's being played by oh, it's Stargate. In my brain, I had it a minute ago, and now it's gone. James Spader. Yeah, James, James Spader. James Spader. 
it is the most awesome character that he's playing. He, he plays, yeah. he talks in this meter manner and does not waste a single word. It's almost a Shatner thing. And he, he had a list of the employees written down in two columns. And, and somebody saw the list and they were wondering, you know, why am I in the left column? Why am I in the right column? And, and so then he comes out and he invites everybody in the right column to go to lunch with him. And while they're at lunch, they, they ask him about it. And he says, well, uh, whoever it was, Oscar, um, the people in the right column are people that I think are winners. And that's why I invited you to lunch today. And the people in the left column, I think are losers. And, and so, uh, like Kevin texts everybody back at the office, you're a loser. Suck it. You know? And so they come back <laughs> and the manager, Andy, uh, is one of the losers because he questioned it. He got moved from one column to the other. But anyway, uh, he's, he's, he says, Robert, um, there's been some talk that maybe you think some people are higher achievers than others and some are less achieving. And he said, no, that's not what I said at all. I said, some of you are winners and some of you are losers. <laughs> Those that I invited to lunch, I said, you were winners. The others of you, I said, you were losers. <laughs> he just like tells everybody. And he says, but I've only known you a week. So winners prove me right. Losers prove me wrong. And he walks go. off. <laughs> Well, that was, that's that's what like, you need sometimes, awesome. too. Yeah. What was that, Chris? I said that's what you need sometimes, too. You need someone who can just, you know, give you an ultimatum and, and have, you know, push people through, you know, be the better person. Yeah, could yeah. that man be elected president in, in, the, in America, though? No. No. Not, not in the current yeah. situations that we are. No way. There's too many people that get their feelers hurt. Yeah. Well, and I, not to make this a show where Aaron quotes The Office, but in the same episode, he comes out. <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, every show you're on, Aaron. Yeah, okay. And uh, he comes out, and he's he, and they're they're talking, you know, in their their pseudo documentary type thing. Every day, Robert comes out, and he has an intense conversation with somebody, and you don't want to be that person, but you kind of do. So he goes to Aaron, who's the bubbly headed, you know, pretty much adult brained receptionist, and he says, "Aaron, tell me how your day's gone so far." She says, "Okay, well, first thing I got up this morning," he said, "Stop." Never start a description of your day by saying you got up this morning. Everybody always starts every day that way and has t- done since the beginning of man. She's like, oh, good advice. This morning, I awoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't do it that way. And he just kind of looked at her and just shook his head. But anyway, that's enough of the office. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, I think you put this in there because it has to do with comic books. Uh, what, what's up with the new Avengers? And just so yes. you know, Mark, I don't only bring the comic books. I also had, I was the one who put the Sasha Gray question in, by the way. Okay. Just FYI. It was a good one. Oh, so, so you watch porn too then? <laughs> I did not say that. I listened to talk radio. So that is. <laughs> And they watch point apparently. Uh, yeah, I am a big comic book fan. If you know me, you know that. And Avengers has been my comic of choice. And I just wanted to say, you know, I'm pretty darn excited about that movie coming out. It's a great, great time to be a 42 year old geek. Um, and they're going to start the second. They're already making plans for the second Avengers, the story arc to be start with Iron Man three. If you're in the movies and in the superhero movies, so after the Avengers comes out, Iron Man three will start the next story arc. And they're apparently going to have an Iron Man, a Captain America, a Thor, a Hulk, all leading to uh, Avengers number two. So I'm pretty darn excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, too. I'm I'm a big comic book fan, so uh, I'm pretty excited. So, guys, being comic book geeks, which I am not, um, so I, I'm. this is a sincere question, not just a lead-in. What do you feel about the whole uh, DC reboot thing, the new universe that they're sort of creating? Well, Or Ed, I did I characterize that correctly, even? Well, well that, yeah, you kind of, create, you got it right. Pretty close. They they basically, if you're if you're not if you're listening, and you don't know anything about it at all. Um, you have 
Marvel Comics and you have DC. I'm not going to go that far back. Uh, DC basically went and restarted all their titles and they made 52 of them and they have 52 different titles coming out every month. It all started over with issue one and revamped, rebooted all the stories. I've heard, Mark, I don't read a lot of DC. I'm actually only reading two titles from DC, Resurrection Man, because it's written by Dan Abnett. I love Dan Abnett and Firestorm because I've always been a fan of Firestorm, but it's actually pretty lame. Uh, I just buy it, bought it because it's Firestorm. Um, but I, it's, it's kind of hit and miss. Like their, their main titles are, are apparently fantastically written. Some of the lesser titles, like Firestorm, apparently are not that great. Uh, but for the first time in a couple of years, they outsold Marvel in the last quarter, I believe, uh, which is a big thing for them. So, Eric? Yeah. Uh, I actually haven't seen that, um, but I'm actually going to look it up now. I, I read most of my comics on, a, on an iPad now. Uh, I don't actually go to the store. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a – I don't think – are they revamping the original stories just in like, – like when they remaster a movie? Pretty much, is that what they're doing? Well, it's 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 kind of a continuation, or even some of them, at least the ones I've read uh, or read about. It's it could be any kind of combination of it. You know, it's kind of anything goes. Like with Firestorm, they took the two different guys who had been Firestorms at different times. Like one was a college student, the original Firestorm, and the other one was a high school student, like ten years later, and they're in high school together. So it's kind of. So yeah, they're just kind of know. mixing it around pretty much. Whatever they wanted to do pretty much, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like we're running out of ideas and they're <laughs> kind of just like scrambling to say, oh, my God, how are we going to sell stuff? Oh, let's change the storylines around. You know, I mean, I, I mean, maybe they're great. I haven't read any of them, but uh, but it does kind of seem like we're we're recycling a lot of uh, older ideas. You know, I think uh, what made comic books special back in the day was they, did, they didn't pretend to have any intrinsic value. They were something you were expected to buy and then throw away. And so the, the characters were all over the top. The storylines were very simple. There was a good guy and a, and a, and a bad guy, and their you know, good prevailed, uh, bad came back another day. There were never any of these gritty underworld uh, you know, sort of things. I think as comic books have tried to get more sophisticated, they've lost the magic that they once had. And now, like, I think, Eric, you're right. I think they've just become um, another industry, and you've got to keep convincing people to buy stuff. And I, that's why... Modern comics and even modern movies based on comics, I think, uh, don't have the magic that they used to because they've tried to make them too complex. They've taken the simplest form of pictorial storytelling that goes back to cavemen, right, and tried to make it complex. And I just don't think it works. It works some ways. Like the Walking Dead comics uh, are amazing. Uh, and, and they're very, very story driven and very drawn out. I think there's something like 21 of them. Uh, there's probably way more, but uh, they're really good, and they have a really strong story inside of them, and it and and it's it's addicting to read, and it's it almost reads like a book. Well, you know, yeah, just, okay, let me make. The, is that a comic book then, or is that a novel presented in in comic? It's, panel it, it's called a graphic novel, which is just a pretentious way of saying comic book, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But I, but I think there's a difference between the two. I think there's a difference between a graphic novel and a comic book. Iron Man was never intended to be a graphic novel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the styles are completely different. I mean, you know, when you're talking about what you're saying are comic books are like the campy, over-the-top, you know, guy with blades coming out of his hands all the time uh, kind of guy. And then what we're dealing with is, yeah, I guess, yeah, I could see that, the difference between a graphic novel and a, uh, and a comic well, book as well, a comic as- book. As a 
comical file, Mark. Let me weigh in and say that I, I pretty much disagree with you um, across the board of everything you just said. Uh, <laughs> and that's what this show is about. Um, no, d- prove me wrong, because like yeah, I said, I'm it, not an expert at all. That's just my right. outsider's opinion. Yeah. Well, the, the idea of, of comics having intrinsically being a certain type of story is really more of a, something that maybe an outsider's perspective has been. You know, the original DC Comics was originally called Detective Comics, and it was a lot of, like, film noir type stories. Uh, before Batman came in and Superman and those kind of things, that was what it was. And the original Marvel Comics, a lot of those were actually horror stories and, and uh, war stories. So comic books didn't start out with the superheroes. The superheroes hit big and became popular, and just like any media... Whatever's popular is what they pump out. So once heroes started taking off and being popular, then comic books kind of went that way, and you lost the uh, romance comics, you lost a lot of the horror comics, you lost a lot of the crime noir type comics, and it became pretty much, um, you know, pretty much all superheroes through the '60s, '70s, and '80s and into the '90s, um, which was in the '90s is whenever the comics were kind of discovered as something to collect, and you had a lot of people that were speculating and buying huge numbers of issues and. And uh, some things like that that just kind of tanked the market in a lot of ways. Um, but then after that, what you've seen happen is the same kind of thing uh, as as has happened with movies and what have you. Uh, whatever has become popular has found its way into comics So and vice versa. So you've got The Walking Dead. You have a zombie comic that's super popular. Whether it's published as a single issue or bound as a graphic novel. All a graphic novel really is originally was they would take 10 or 12 issues that had a common story arc and bind them together and reprint them and sell them. Um, that's yep. how those all started. So, uh, and then you've got, you've got, uh, again, you got the major comic, uh, superhero storylines, but then you've got kids comics. You still got Archie comics out there. You've got a lot of, uh, independent comics to do all kinds of stories, pretty much anything you can think of or anything that you can pick a novel up on written on, you can pick it up in comic form also, uh, not necessarily the same story, but the same genres. So, uh, there's a great book if anybody's interested out there and that, there might be one person that goes and buys this book or picks it up from the library or whatever called Understanding Comics. Um, it's a, actually a really fascinating book about comic books uh, and it's told in comic form which is really interesting because you know comics are pretty much one of only two American art forms. You got jazz which was pretty much created here in the United States and the comic book as we know it today and have known it for the last 50 years pretty much originated in the United States. Uh, so um, it's a really interesting book called Understanding Comics by, I believe his name is Scott Adams, if I remember right. It's Adams is the last name I know for sure. But I was that enough See, not, pontificating? Sorry about that. It just <laughs> kind of went on. <clears throat> See, my, my thought on comics is that, you know, when I was growing up, comics were my, re- my way of getting out of, you know, reading something heavy because I was a big reader. Um, but for me, heavy or I think, your arms getting tired or? No, like, you know, <laughs> picking up, uh, you know, J- Tolkien and just sitting down and reading that for a weekend. Um, so comics were my way of, of, you know, refreshing my mind so I could go into something heavy again. Uh, but for me, comics were always something that I would read because it was so over the top. And a lot of the new arcs, the, the new storylines, they don't have that bigger than life feel. They have this mundane feel, even though they're superheroes. It's all mundane, and I, I think that's where, part of the reason why I quit collecting a long a long time ago is because it still feels it, it's you know it, I relate it to TV. It, it's TV and a comic. Do, and do you think, think 
do you think part of that is the fact that you've kind of matured and, and it's it's easier for you to go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense, even just subconsciously. Like, that's that's kind of what I think, because I don't have the same appeal towards the towards the comics I grew up reading, like, you know, X-Men and stuff like that, because I'm just like, oh, come on now, you know, and I think that's just because my brain has subconsciously matured, apparently uh, out loud. Are you loud calling me Eric? <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I mean, I, I think it's better that you can actually hold on to that. But yeah, I mean, but now I'm more into the serious, the serious storylines and stuff like that. And I think that's just because of getting older, I guess. And it just, it doesn't have the same power factor that it did in uh, right. when you were 14. I don't, think so. I don't think so because I still, I mean, I still sit down and watch cartoons with my kids and don't have a problem with that. But when I sit down and read the comics that they have now, it seems mundane now. And I think that's part. Maybe maybe it is that I'm getting older, and and the things don't have the impact that they used to. But I don't know. I, it's just one of those things where I just sit down, and that's what I feel. See, I'm I'm actually at the comic shop at my local comic shop. I'm known as being the old school comic guy in the sense that I I still like for partially for the nostalgia, the old storylines. You know, and like you're talking about, Eric. I mean, I like the newer more gritty stuff too. Sometimes I, it's kind of, I'm really a, I'm something of a cherry picker when it comes to music and comics. I've always kind of been, I like this title, I like this artist. I like even this album from this band. Um, there's very few that I just kind of broadcast and say, I like everybody by this person or everybody by this artist or everybody by, you know, every title along this kind of thing. And so I, I'm the same way, you know, it's interesting too, how many movies have come out in the last 10 years that are based on comics that aren't based on superhero comics. Um, for example, I'm sure you probably can all name some. Uh, Sin City. Yeah. Yep. One, which is actually kind of a superhero comic, but not really. 300 uh, was one, was, a com- was based on a comic. Um, there's a couple more that I can't think of right now, but they were based on comics. Of course, The Walking Dead is a television show right now based mm-hmm. on a comic. Um, I-, I just want to say, I tried to watch The Watchmen the other day mm-hmm. um, uh. and failed miserably. Um, that was. I would recommend that one, Mark. Go read the comic. Yeah, it's, that is that is a perfect example. Like the old saying, "Don't judge a book by its movie." Uh, that is a perfect example. The trailer from The Watchmen, where they use the Smashing Pumpkins song, is better than the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find that trailer for you. That gives you the whole feel of the book. But that's a, a little. That's a good example of the um, of sequential art, like the guy talks about in the Understanding Comics book. Um, because when they wrote that book, uh, Alan Moore, he wrote it almost like a movie if you like the first and if you look in the comic book the first scene is you see this red circle and you don't know what it is and it pans back with frames in the comic and it zooms up from the street and it's a smiley face laying in the gutter with a drop of blood on it and that scene's actually in the movie but they did that in the comic using art and it's the same idea that the idea of making motion in the comic and that kind of thing yeah i found the characters to be uninteresting um uh, dr uh Manhattan was had the potential to be interesting if he wasn't such a jerk. Um, And Rorschach had potential to be interesting if he wasn't just a loon. You know, they 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 were they were just boring to me. Uh, But then again, Iron Man is pretty boring, too. The character itself is boring. What's exciting about Iron Man is the tech and the the doing stuff that you know the flying and and the fact, you know, that's that's what always appealed to me about Batman, too, is like he's just a dude, but he's a rich dude. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you can do anything as long as you have enough money. Um, but, you know, when you try to make those things 
you know, the whole Dark Knight series that they did back in the 90s, trying to make him dark and, and whatever. I, I just didn't, I don't have any appeal. I want him, I want him in I the blue question. suit with the gray tights. Did you like the um, Christian Bale Batman movie? I liked, uh, I've only seen the first one. I've only seen that, Batman Begins, and I liked it. Um, it was based directly off the Dark Knight that you just said you didn't yeah. like, by the way. Well, I, but I read the comic. <laughs> I mean, I read the Dark Knight comic back in the 90s, and I didn't like it. <clears throat> right. Uh, what I liked about the movie was the motion and, you know, the action yeah. and the explosions, you know, the J.J. Abrams effect. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the, you know, the, I will say this forever. I watched Watchmen, and uh, I actually picked it up the, uh, not too long ago for five bucks somewhere just so I could have it in my collection of comic movies. I probably will never actually watch it again, <laughs> maybe in 10 years. But um, the comic book itself was was great to read. It was really one of the most cinematic and story-driven because in the, the way they tell the story in the movie, they don't tell it the same way they tell it in the book. You know, in the book, a lot of it's told from the perspective of Rorschach and really in his mind, and you get to really kind of get in that crazy mind of his which one of my favorite lines from the movie was the uh um his line when the guy when he tells the criminals you're not i'm not trapped in here with you you're trapped in here with me i love, I love that line after he smashes the guy with the uh with the tray yeah so anyway it didn't make it that far <laughs> oh he gets arrested and he gets stuck in prison and one of the guys that he had put in there tries to come up and shank him in the in the food line you know and he's a little bitty guy and this big guy comes up to take him out and he takes this food tray and just beats him into the ground. And as the cops are hauling him off, he hollers at him, you know, you think I'm locked in here with you, you're locked in here with me <laughs> type thing. It was great. Anywho. All right. Um, guys, any, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I believe I am. Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, we're, so far. we're, we're verging on mini series length here at this point we're you know, coming up on an hour and a half so uh it's probably time to go ahead and wrap up but i like that i like the fact that we had a, a variety of conversations and, and we did that's good that was great we, we we agreed and we disagreed yeah we i didn't get to argue with eric as much this year he was uh, no yeah week. Not, not enough not enough uh not it was kind of a slow news week yeah. For minus the guy shooting into the White House. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to sometime uh, sit down and talk about uh, um, the, the the biblical overtones of all these guys who claim to be Jesus. You know, David Koresh and and all these guys. I, I'd love to just uh, have a good discussion sometime about. Um, you know, people thought Jesus was a, a insane in his day, and so how do you how do you determine true insanity? You know, insanity that truth that sounds like insanity and insanity that just is insanity. Anyway, um, the cliffs of insanity. <laughs> Thank you for bringing. There's a back. title show. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, favorite movie? Go watch it if you haven't seen it. All right, uh, if you want to be a part of our show in any way, uh, elementop.com is the way to do it. Uh, it's typically our hosts, right? But uh, maybe you want to host a show. Hey, that's not a bad idea. But if you want to leave us a voicemail that we'll play on the show, you can do that too. Uh, call five five nine I M O P or right there on our website. You can just click the leave us a voicemail button, and Google will call you. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Well, you'd have to answer <laughs> the phone, uh, but you don't I have to dial any numbers. Five five nine I M O P. You can find us on Facebook and, and all that sort of stuff, or Google Plus or whatever. Just type in Element O P. You'll find us. But we we do like your feedback. Uh, uh, we like to hear uh, if you agree or disagree with us. Uh, let us know. I did create a forum on our page uh, at, at the Element OP website, so you can go there and, and uh, make your feelings known there, and um, we will look forward to it. And so, guys, I'll just go around the horn. Uh, tell me uh, where you can be found and where people can find out more information about you should they be interested. Aaron, you first. One meal, one workout. The number one, the word meal, the number one, the word workout. 
Just type <laughs> that into the, the the search engine of your choice, and you'll find you yours. will find me, Christopher. How about you? Oh well, the Everyday Linux podcast with uh you. That's right. <laughs> and me, simplest place. Yeah, yeah, you're in there too. But well, us. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Eric, yourself. Where can uh, we you find can, out more about Eric? You can uh, every week after uh, after last week's debacle, I will be on the hot route every week. <laughs> oh, um, really? You, you, you committed that? And then, that uh, now? And then at, at Eric M. Fay on Twitter with a uh, parental advisory warning beforehand. I tend to air my grievances on Twitter. So uh, you can find me there or Eric Fay on Facebook. And my name is Mark Cockrell, C-O-C-K-R-E-L-L. You can, uh, I would say you could find me by searching there, but actually that's a very common name. You may not think it is, but it is. But uh, I am uh, Mark Cockrell, at Mark Cockrell on Twitter, uh, or markcockrell.com is my personal website. But the place where you should really find me is elementop.com, and that's where all the good things happen. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening this week, and uh, we hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving and cook your bird properly. And and don't don't eat. blow up your house. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> try to avoid that at all costs. I would don't say don't eat too much, but uh, yes. eating too much is what the whole holiday is about. So uh, go ahead, eat too much. You have my blessing. <laughs> and so I Sounds think that, good. that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Periodic Table.